everyone, and welcome back to the How to Be Wise podcast. I am your host, Amelia, and this is our first episode of 2022. Very exciting. And in this episode, we did something a little bit different. I interviewed two special guests from our WISE team, our logistics director, Lisa, and our finance director, Angela. And we talked about a lot of stuff, partially, you know, online school, how to stay motivated, and um, applying for jobs or grad school. Um, once you're done your undergrad. So I hope there's some good takeaways for everyone and that you enjoy. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is our first episode of the podcast for 2022. And our two special guests are our very own WISE members. We have Lisa, our logistics director, and Angela, our finance director. Uh, Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself first? Hey, everybody. My name is Lisa White. I'm a fifth-year student at Queen's studying global development and biology. I'm an Aquarius. I'm gay. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> and Angela? Uh, hi, I'm Angela. I'm in my last year of electrical engineering here at Queens, um, and I'm a Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I guess I'll add I'm a Pisces, so I'm included. Oh, um, <laughs> so the first thing we're going to start with here are some rapid fire. So we did have up on our Instagram where people could ask you guys some specific questions. So for Lisa, first, if you were prime minister, what's the first thing you'd do? Oh, my God. There's so much I could be done. <laughs> so much. Okay, um, maybe like the very, like the first thing, the first thing you would do. One... Um... <laughs> this is not exciting, but something that I've been researching in a few courses is overdose prevention sites, which are harm reduction services, especially in Toronto or major cities in Canada, and they're severely underfunded. So I think that would be one issue that yeah. I would tackle, but that's just because it's top of mind. No, I love that. Okay. So Angela actually asked you, what's your fave role that you've had on WISE? <laughs> I should say president because I was the president <laughs> last year, but um, it's a lot of responsibility. So Kat, um, very proud of you. And I would say brunch with industry coordinator because as a coordinator for an event, you have a lot of control. And back in the day, we had everything in person. It was phenomenal. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. Um. So Claudia actually asked you, what's your favorite part of undergrad? Um, meeting friends outside of Toronto. I went to private school in Toronto and it's a very specific type of person that comes from Toronto. And the greatest compliment anybody could ever give me is that I don't seem like I am from the city. My favorite part of undergrad has been meeting people from like Vancouver, Nova Scotia, lots of friends from like outside Ontario. And that, that's been my favorite part. Yeah, no, absolutely. We welcome all. I think your, your roommate has a couple of questions on here. No Lisa. Um, okay. This is more of a fun one question mark, but uh, Natalie asks you, Lisa, if you can ever forgive someone for cheating. Now, is there like a, a history here oh. on this question? <laughs> Uh -huh. No, <laughs> I told my roommate to go. I I told my roommate to go submit some questions. Uh, no, I've I've never cheated. I've never been cheated on. I'm in a happy long term, long distance relationship with my girlfriend of over one year, and 
can you forgive someone for cheating? Depends on the context, I think. If if you're in undergrad, say probably not. Uh, if you meet someone later on in life, like 30s, 40s, they cheated once when they were in high school and they're like very remorseful, maybe. Depends depends how they talk about the cheating and if it was done to you or if it was just an incident in their past. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna nod like and pretend I have relationship experience. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so so inspiring, absolutely. Um, and then, okay, I'll go with Andrea's question here. What is your favorite Kingston coffee house? Mm, good question. It's the skateboard shop, but followed by a close second, Sens Cafe just opened in Kingston. It's phenomenal. The eclairs are phenomenal. Is and- that expensive? Well, what is where is it? It's down by the water. It's <gasps> by um it's by the hotels along the water. Okay. Is it, it, is it a French bakery? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> As I'm taking a first year French course this semester. I don't know. <laughs> but coffee shop is really good. Or the, the skateboard shop is really good. So they sell coffee at the shake the shakeboards. The skateboard shop. Yeah, it's it's called BSE. If anyway. Okay. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Lisa, they did have another, <laughs> Natalie asked you another question, but I feel like it's a bit more of a loaded question. I don't know if you want to get into it, but she was like, how do you know if you're gay? Love you, Rumi. <laughs> if the thought has crossed your mind more than once, you're probably gay. <laughs> like <laughs> if you thought it. about it. Yeah. If you have like reoccurring thoughts or fantasies, you should definitely explore them. But it, I mean, it's a valid question because so much of what we see yeah. in the media and in movies and TV shows, like straight people, cisgender yeah. people, I feel like you heterosexual like relationships. Going to school too, and then you do like sex ed or whatever it's called at whatever school you're at. Like, it's very much about like straight relationships and like interactions between straight people. So it's like, okay, we know what constitutes a straight people relationship or being straight, but like what, constitutes everything else like you don't really get taught about that so then it's all like, yeah. on your own having to like self-discover and like learn from your own experiences so yeah yeah definitely agree some people know that they're gay when they're very young some people come out a lot later in life so there's really no timeline and I felt really like, behind when I first came out and then like really started telling people when I was in third year and fourth year of university but there's no timeline and you know you have to do your own yeah. exploration on your own time. That was the exact word I was going to say. I was like about to open my mouth and say, yeah, there's no timeline. And then you said it. And I was like, there we go. You got it. <laughs> no, that was really insightful. Thank you. Angela, our rapid fire Q&A questions for you now. I'm nervous. Oh my God. Some of these are... <laughs> Natalie's hitting us with the deep questions. She's like, what do you know like? Natalie, but I'm really grateful for the question. <laughs> what do you dislike about Queen's culture? Ooh. I guess you, it would depend what aspect of Queen's culture. Yeah. End culture. End culture. Oh, end culture. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like, I don't know if it's like, it is the culture, just the people that she was like engineering as a program, but I feel like it's so like, it's not like, like, yes, it's like, it was like rah, rah, macho, but it's very much just like, it's always a competition of like, who is working the hardest, who is the busiest, blah, blah. And it's just, and people think that it's like impressive oh, I, you know, I have so many hours of class or what, and it's just like, nobody cares. Like, I don't care. And thinking that 
what they're studying is so much harder than somebody who's in like a science program or an art program and I don't think that's true at all like university I agree and like you sure maybe people I don't know an electrical engineering degree yeah it has its challenges but like I would also equally if not more struggle if I was in like a psychology major or something like that like it's all hard it's just hard in different ways it's all Um, relative right it's definitely and again it's relative to like what you can handle as a person in terms of like your stress levels how busy you can handle being or like the types of learning you can handle because obviously like what you do in like a psychology class is not going to be the same stuff that like and taught the same way and tested the same way as stuff that like I've done in my program and it's that's just like the nature of it but I just hate that like competition and that like it's just so like trying to impress other people with like being so busy working so hard it's just like this hustle culture needs to stop yeah we're all here just to learn and to improve ourselves and for self-growth and like even within engineering I'm sure there's like they have varying levels of like mech versus like physics versus um like your electrical yeah (laughs) which one's the hardest and which one's the busiest and which one's the easiest and it's like we're all we're all just waking up for 8:30s guys. I know, right? Like, why does it matter? Like I mean, okay. I was also I was in science for 2 years. Now I'm in an arts program. I've done them both. They're both hard in different ways. Yeah, no, I agree. I had to write um essays, so I'm also in science as hopefully the listeners know from the introductory <laughs> episode. But <laughs> you know, with Wise Club, I had hope so. So yes, I'm also in science. Spoiler alert. But I had to be writing essays um, for one of my classes for my degree because it's more of an interdisciplinary degree. And it was just, I was, I looked over like my uh, arts or humanities friends and I was just like, how, how are you doing this? How are you, like, I'm reading like two pages of these books and they're just like, oh, I did a 50 page reading and I'm just there like my soul gone from my body after two pages. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. So yeah, yeah was, shout out to talking them. to a friend about a po- about an elective course. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. Like there's a few quizzes, but they're super easy. And you just write an essay. There's no exam. And I was like, I don't know how to write an essay. I don't think I've written an essay since high school. I think I would rather an exam. I don't think I can take that course. Like, which is like so crazy. Cause like, and for some people, essays are just like so normal. They can write one in like one night or whatever. They just like know, they just know what their flow is. But like, for, no, don't know where to start. No, exactly. As I'm reading syllabuses, syllabi, I don't know. But as I'm, see, that's why I can't write essay. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, as I'm reading them, I just, I'll see term paper and then I'm just like, oh, you can feel your stomach drop of like, that's gonna, that, that's gonna hurt. <laughs> that one's gonna hurt. But no, essay writing is a good skill though. I think, um, there's a course bio 212 it's a lab course and I think they actually give you a book and it's more about like paragraphs and sentence structure so I think I think it, it's it's a very important skill to be able to do and Definitely. I think I'm underplaying it I can't I can write essays but <laughs> I think we can all write an essay yeah, it's I just I think it's I think it's how long it's going to take you differs yeah you know yeah and 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 like we do still do we write a lot of reports yeah you write reports they're not essays and the whole point of the writing is like to like be as concise and as little words as possible and like get right to the point which like isn't always you want to get to the point in the essay but like there's you know other things you have to follow when you're writing an essay yeah props to everyone doing everyone. whatever they're doing in in this in this new omicron world we support everyone unprecedented time <laughs> No, this is, I, I, this is precedent. Like, I don't, I think with COVID, it's like unprecedented. No, no, no. We, we've been here before. <laughs> we've been this here. Is, like now it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like, <That's> true. <laughs> um, 
I kind of feel for the first, like the first, I, we always feel for the first years, but you know, when their whole thing went online and everything and like social medias were blowing up and people panicking and I just, me and my roommates were sitting there like, oh, here we go, boys. Not, not walking in the snow in January. That's how we feel too. Like as fifth years, we're like, we were, last time last year, we were almost like, it would kind of be nice if we had some online classes. We wouldn't think the house as much. Like, and then now we were kind of looking forward to it where we can just like do our own thing from home. I mean, definitely first year would be tough. Like, I don't know how the first years last year did it when they didn't have anything in person. Like, I made all my friends from res and Froshly, pretty much. Yeah, or like rough. I knew them from home, but most of them in my program I made from Froshly. So it's like I don't know how like we have any lab partners or know who to ask. Like I don't know. I can't. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. No, it was it was a bit rough last year, but that's fine. No, but it's like I was actually I was filling out an application the the other day, and it was kind of similar stuff of like how do you remain positive and the phrase that comes to mind whenever it's positive is like, oh, look on the bright side. And I'm kind of of the opinion. I don't like that it's like a bright or, you know, a dark side. I think it's just, you know, like this so-called silver linings kind of like, yeah, it's, it's rough and things aren't great, but I don't think I'd be who I am today if it wasn't for the experiences. And it's like, I wouldn't go back and change that because I wouldn't be the same person, if that makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of just like we're here and we made it through and that's the human resiliency showing up. Yeah. So that's what matters. Okay, next question. What's one thing you know now about engineering that you wish you knew before you started? And that is from Leah. It's from Leah. Oh, lovely. I wish I knew how like, it sounds so weird, how important engineers are. Like, And let me buy that. Like I, when I was working on internship, like I didn't realize kind of like how, not important, but like, when you're building something and and you need like drawings about like how to be built or how the power system is going to be like, you have to physically like stamp it and like legally if that building falls down or there's like an electrical fire, like you're held like liable, you can go to prison. Like I didn't kind of see, you know, the impactfulness of the profession, um, which could be why I'm also not going to be working in the profession outside of um, like outside of school because that's really daunting to be in that space very stressful so I did not realize how like I don't know how to say it other than like important but like yeah I mean? don't want to inadvertently cause you know a power outage all over the east yeah, coast like no no, no that's not that's not the goal um <laughs> okay uh what's your favorite coffee house Andrea is I think a coffee fiend and I respect it so sure. yes I mean I'm pretty basic like Crave obviously everyone loves Crave Northside is pretty good I love um the like bread and butter and like toast and jam like two separate bakeries one of them like more of the restaurant. I love I bread and butter, but it's so far. Their it's lemon so poppy far. seed loaf. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so far, but you have a house with a car. No, I agree. Okay, okay. What's the best experience or like favorite experience that you've had through Wise or like your favorite thing about being on Wise? favorite thing probably is just like all the amazing people you get to meet because like everyone that gets hired for the most part are just like really like supportive enthusiastic positive women who like just want to be super friendly and it's just like a nice community that gets created and then like you can have fun out like all of the socials and everything favorite yeah shout out to lisa for all the shout awesome out to lisa for planning socials. our virtual socials this year um killing it <laughs> And for staying on budget, Lisa, I really appreciate that. I've never stuck to a budget in my life. Yeah, that made me concerned when you said that. 
<laughs> I went uh, rogue on the January social. Okay, well, we'll talk. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but the socials are great. I don't know. And then I think all the events I've just gone to have been like really inspiring or they've just been like really like fun experiences. Like, like I remember volunteering for the first time at like an outreach event, like even just as a volunteer, I was like, oh my God, this was such a fulfilling experience. It was so fun. The kids are kind of crazy, but like it all kind of plays into the fun. And then just getting to like work your way through and see it from different sides and play different parts is so cool. Yeah. So Claudia is asking, what's the hardest thing uh, you accomplished during your undergrad? And again, a very deep question. So. A big question. Claudia. Wow. <laughs> I know it's like rapid Q and we're just hitting them with philosophy. This might be a, like a cheesy answer, but like making it through first year, honestly. In first year, I was so anxious all the time um, about like that I was going to fail, that I wasn't smart enough to be there, that um, I wasn't going to make it through first semester, that people were going to like find out that I was not as smart as them. Like, for, like a lot of imposter syndrome and I was very homesick as well. So like first year was very anxious for me. So I was just like, I'm just very happy to just like make it through. Um, I like, I did completely fine or even well in courses. Like, so just making it through first year was just like a big learning experience for me. Um, yeah. I like, learned a lot about myself and like, what I like in terms of like an environment and what I like to have control over and things like that. So it's a big accomplishment for me, I would say. Oh, absolutely. So I guess one question I have for you. So obviously you're doing electrical engineering. So how did you get into the finance areas, like being yeah, online? It wasn't my choice. So when I applied for director positions, I, I put down what I knew, which was like event outreach, like kind of the more external stuff. Um, and that's kind of what I talked about in my interview. Like I didn't put down anything internal because I just really hadn't done any internal position like on Wise or on any other club. And then like the weekend after interviews, I was in the middle of working out. Kat FaceTimed me, which like Kat is the president of the club, if you don't know. And she's also like my housemate and we're good friends. Anyway, so she FaceTimes me and she's like, hey, just want to. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to give me bad news. Like she's going to like try to let me down easy before the email comes out, whatever. And she's like, hey, just wanted to let you know you did well, blah, blah. She's really hyping me up. And I was like, okay, but we want to give you a different position. We just think you'd be really good at this position. We have no one else for it, blah, blah, blah. So she really like hyped me up. And then turns out, so I was like, yes, whatever. And then turns out she was also on a Teams call with Kate and Leah. Like I was the, like, like the secret, I don't know. It was very, very funny experience. Anyway, so yeah, that's how it's I bought it. And then like- on the phone and it's like- Kat was FaceTiming me. And then she was also on a team's call with like the vice president. So like a lot of pressure. So thank God I said yes. Um, and then, yeah, and then Leah's just been great. So Leah was like, that had this decision last year. So she's just been awesome. Like anytime I have a question about like how things run or like she really showed me how to do everything because I had no idea. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved in the finance side. Well, my advice to Kat when she was hiring her team was, if you don't have somebody that you trust running the finances, they'll fall apart. So I said to her, uh -huh. finances, finances and marketing uh -huh. are probably where you need people that you trust the most that are going to be the most independent. I so, haven't embezzled money yet. Congratulations. So. Yeah. Okay, so I guess the last, the, these apply to both of you really. So to finish up our fun questions um, and we're gonna do rapid fire here. So favorite place you've traveled, go. We'll go Lisa, then Angela. Singapore. 
Amalfi Coast in Italy. Oh my God, that's so cool. Okay, both of them are very cool. All right, go to dinner recipe when you forgot to take something out of the freezer. Vodka pasta. <laughs> probably just like a pasta sauce with a marinara. Very nice, okay. Most recent book or a book recommendation? Born a Crime by Trevin, Trevor Noah. It's about growing up in South Africa. He's um, a comedian, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Like he's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, right now I'm reading Little Women, which is like actually like quite easy to read because it turns out it's a children's book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, me and my house, like we have a bucket list and one of, we have like a movie category and we want to watch the movie. So I hope I'll read the book first, but anyway. Um, and then I've just been trying to read like like classic books recently. So I before this I finished Sense of Sensibility. Very good. She's they're nice. Studious. They're nice, but they're long. They're a slow burn. I needed a break. Yeah. On a children's book. Okay. Go to genre of music. Soul or blues? Like alt or pop. I don't know. Like Who's an alt singer, Angela? What? What's an alt? Like alternative. Like alternative rock and alternative pop. There's like alternative pop, alternative rock. There's a whole. Oh. There's a whole. It's like not traditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's like okay. Mumford and Sons could be considered alternative. You know, them yeah. or like. Hmm. I'm on the spot here, so I'm getting nervous. July talk. Mm-hmm. Kind of the Arkells. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Love the Arctic Monkeys. Okay. So bam. Now for now for the the meaty stuff. So or for the, the vegans, um, the, the, the interesting stuff. Uh, so why did you choose your specific areas of interest? You know, when you were in grade 12 and you're applying for universities, I think Lisa, you, you mentioned you started in science then you switched to art. So um, we can start again with you if you wanted to say what started, led you to science and maybe led you to stray into, not straight, but like go, go into arts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said, I went to a very academic, very studious private school in Toronto where the only options were engineering, science, or business. And I've known from a very young age that didn't want to go into business. I didn't want to go to medical school. So somewhere in science fell in the middle. Like that was where my interest was. And like, I went into science solely because I thought that's what other people wanted me to do. That's what everybody else around me was doing. Obviously it was for the wrong reasons because I hated it. And eventually I switched into global development because I just really hated biology. I hated second year biology at Queens. Um, I, I, I went day in and day out into the genetics labs where I was dealing with flies and that was the end for me actually a good the end for me too I'll be honest okay I, I asked Angela on the Q&A to tell a like a group project horror story oh yeah only because like I had a group project horror story in this fly lab where my lab partner have the flies in the test tube you have to like knock them unconscious with gas and then you mm-hmm. count them and you you like count them and then you're pairing them and I don't know what I was doing obviously and then on the last day he like knocked over all of our test tubes and the flies went everywhere in the lab. And then we didn't have any data, so we couldn't finish the lab. And that was the end for me. But 
what a good, like a, an actual reason why I switched into global development was because I knew for some reason, I knew I wanted to do an honors thesis. I wanted to do an independent project in my final year. And there was one professor who was jointly appointed to the global development department who I wanted to work with. And I looked at every single biology professor at Queens and I didn't, none of their research spoke to me. And so that, that was kind of the last nail in the coffin was that I, I didn't want to work with any of the biology professors to do a project. And so that's when I knew I needed to get out. Yeah. Well, it's because you realized it. And just to speak on behalf of bio, as a, <laughs> just, <laughs> um, they've changed it now, actually. So you have a one single lab course. And mm -hmm. so all of those, like the genetics courses, all of it's now it's just like lectures. And then you answer questions in tutorial. So they've kind of switched it away. So I have not yet um, been acquainted with the good old Drosophila. Um, I have not had to count flies. That fly lab sounds absolutely terrifying. Like I would drop out of university if I had to do that. If I that read gives that me instructions, I would leave. That gives me the like grade, I don't know if it was grade 10 for you guys, but grade 10 frog dissection, where if you got the female and there were just the eggs and it was just, yeah, that's the vibes it gives me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did all of that. In I didn't do a frog in at all in high school. We just we did a we did a fetal pig in mm -hmm. grade eleven. Yeah. Which was so sad because it was like a baby pig. I mean, they try to make you feel better because they're like the pig suicide anyway. The pig was going for like the mom was going for slaughter, but I was like that doesn't help me. And then yeah. <laughs> and that's when Angela became a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that willpower, Lisa. I wish. I <laughs> I love a chicken nugget. Chicken is so good. I've been a pescatarian for so long. Over the Christmas break, I went to a pub with some friends uh -huh. and everyone was raving about the chicken burger. I was like, let's do it. It's, it's that, it's the ham on Christmas for me. I love, love. And then my Nona, I'm like half Italian and my Nona likes this like beef and her little, like, I just, I just can't, like, I just can't not do it I just can't I find it really funny just because I was like let's get into the meat of things and now we're genuinely into <laughs> getting into the meat of things you ask uh, and we'll give it to you thank you I, I appreciate it okay so Angela mm -hmm. tell us the tea uh so why engineering and why electrical yeah um I didn't know like I was not I'm not the kind of person that like grew up being like I'm gonna be a teacher this I was born for this or like I'm gonna be a doctor like I didn't have a feeling any which way of like what I could do um or what I wanted to do and then in like grade 10 you take all those like aptitude tests in that civics and careers course and they all told me I was good at science and I was like okay maybe maybe I am and then um as I was like oh I'll go into nursing I don't I don't know how I because I wanted a profession because I had seen like my older siblings, like my brother did an engineering degree and like right when he graduated, like he had a job, like it was so easy. But my sister did like um, and more of an arts degree in like language and music. And like, she took her a bit longer and I was like, I want to graduate and I want to like be able to be employable. So I was like, okay, I'll go to nursing. They always need nurses, whatever. And then, you know, I got my first blood test and I passed out. And then, you know, I cut my leg in the shower and then I passed out. So, you know, I was like, maybe blood isn't the right call for me. <laughs> and then my my dad's an engineer, my older brother's an engineer, and my dad really wanted like one of his daughters to become an engineer. And I'm the youngest, I was like his last hope. Um, and so he was like really, really like support, like like encouraging me to go into engineering. And he's like, oh. every time I was like, I'm not sure enough, I don't think I could do it. He was like, yes, you can, whatever. So then I was like, you know what? Engineering's good because it is so like um 
there's so much you can do with it. You don't have to be an engineer after you have, like after you finish your degree, you don't have to work in like an engineering industry. It's like so open-ended. So I was like, I kind of like that. I still have that flexibility because I don't know like what I want to do. And then I chose Queens because it has like a general first year. So you didn't have to know going in, like I want to be mechanical. I want to do whatever, because I really didn't know. Um, so that was really helpful for me. And then I chose electrical pretty much because it's like a process of elimination. I would like go to the discipline nights where they tell you like, this is what we do. These are the courses you take. These are some fun things you do in the lab, whatever. And then I went to all of them and I was like, okay, I don't want to do chemistry anymore. I don't, uh, you know, I, I never really wanted to go into civil. And I like went to all of them. And then ECE, electrical computer was the last one I went to. And I had kind of already knocked the other ones off the list. And I was like, let's hope this works. And then it seemed really interesting and it was also the one I knew the least about. So I think that's what made it interesting. I was like, I'm kind of intrigued. I'd like to learn more. Um, and I had coded only for the first time in first year. And I was like, I feel like I could do more of this. I feel like this could be up my alley. So that's, that's how that happened. So, so you mentioned jobs. So um, Angela, you're applying for jobs post-graduation and Lisa, you're applying for grad school, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And have either of you done an internship at all? I did an yep. internship last year. Okay. Yeah. So why don't we get into, you know, Lisa, how did you find applying like the research going into applying for grad schools? Yes. I'm in the throes of applying right now. One of my applications was due in December. One of my applications, there is no due date. It's submit on a rolling basis. So I'm submitting it next week. The process is very difficult. And if anybody is listening to this podcast, especially one of my wise girls, if you are applying to masters of public health programs, come to me and I will actually help you because it's a really, it's really competitive, right? Like going to grad school is very competitive. It's a very different ball game than applying to undergraduate degrees because, you know, there's more undergraduate degrees. The, the bar is a little bit lower. Um, you know, when I, I mean, <laughs> this might sound bad, but I'll say it anyways. Like when I was in high school and I was applying to university, like I knew Queens was my first choice and I met the grade cutoff. So I was like, yeah, I'll probably get in. And and then I did, right? Like it's, it's less, less stressful of a process if you're not going to like the IVs out of high school, but grad school is like kind of unknown, right? Like it's, it's one of the first things I've ever done in my life where I'm applying and I don't actually know if I will get accepted. So that's very scary. And then going into the application process, you have to put together a CV and a letter of interest for each program and you have to research the program. So you have to spend a lot of time like comparing your personal experiences to the university and try to find something to connect your experiences to the program. And the most like the hardest part of the entire process for me was giving my letters to other people and then having them come back with feedback. You know, I, I'm, I'm not the best with taking feedback, but I also have so many academic friends who I respect, who I know are phenomenal writers, who I wanted to read my applications before I submitted them. And I'm, I'm so thankful that they taken the time to edit my applications. But, you know, we, we are not conditioned as humans to receive that much feedback on our personal lives, right? Yeah. Like these are personal experiences about, you know, 
being a gay woman and, and my clubs and, and all of the things that I've done for my entire life. Like I can't just go back and change the, you know, the clubs or the summer jobs that I had to better fit a program. So having someone come back and tell me, okay, maybe we need to cut this section or this story isn't the strongest, like hard, hard to hear. Yeah. A stronger woman than I am. I could not handle all of that feedback. Well, when you write an essay, you know, when you write, an essay, you write a lab, it's not personal. It's about yeah. some other topic. And yeah. most of the time, you're never going to have to write that essay again. So you don't actually have to implement that feedback if you don't want to. Exactly. But when it's on like yeah. the personal things you've done in your life, like, sorry, it wasn't good enough. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> oops. Yeah. And I'll just say too, for any, anyone who's younger and is looking at their CV or trying to pick clubs, pick experiences, you don't have to pick only medical positions. You don't have to pick only public health or health related positions. I've been on WISE for five years. I was the president last year and I talked a lot about how my research interests in women stemmed from my time with WISE. So you can, you can connect anything. Like you can tell any story. Yeah. And I also think it's, it's about being, you know, just from the people I've interviewed, it's also about being well-rounded, right? Like obviously you're going to have fantastic credentials. If let's say using medicine as an example, again, that's the only kind of clubs you do, but that they're going to have the question in their mind of, well, what else do you do? Or what else can you do? You know, because it's, you know, in biology, sorry to bring it up, Lisa. <laughs> We're going to bring it back. I'm triggered. <laughs> yeah, I know. To just, you know, diversity is what makes resilient ecosystems. It's what you rely on to get through hard times. And so that's why when you're able to show that, like, that's kind of why I think resumes or CVs, is there a difference? Yeah. We won't okay. get into it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. for another podcast oh my god just one Come on. to me. text me text me if you want to know the difference I think one's like it's like Latin it's like a curriculum vitae and it's like everything you've done and then there's like the resume is just like one page right mm-hmm. that's is that okay so regardless what you're showing them through all of that is essentially it's are you a resilient person I think and that's what they're trying to gain from it I mean I'm I've never done that I'm just guessing based on you know how <laughs> the natural world works. That's what these people might be looking for. Right. So I, I agree with you and that point you made about doing different things as well. Yeah. Just like my advice to anybody, whether it's summer job or an application, start early, start slowly because I, <laughs> I'm like a more like anxious avoidant person. So I, you know, I knew, I knew the deadlines you know, I knew the deadlines. I knew exactly what I had to do. I knew exactly what I had to write, how many words, what I was going to say, but I just didn't do it. Like I didn't write it. And then for weeks, I'm like crying to my girlfriend on the phone, you know, complaining about that. I have to write these essays. She's like, Oh my God, I didn't know what to tell you, but you just have to start writing it. Like you just got to open up the word doc and start putting some words on the page. Honestly. No, it's the same for job applications. Like I know like, okay, this one I want to apply to is due. October 31st and yet like I'm not uh, sending the application in until like October 30th because like and it's just like I know I could do it sooner but there's something about the urgency I'll give it that and then something about just like the it's so daunting to just like start the application to even like update your resume it's like it feels like a big task like it's so scary it's so daunting and so scary and like I just want to validate anybody that's going through it it's it's really scary to start mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And you can, it can feel like too, like I, I can't speak for like applying to grad schools, but I feel like for jobs, it's like, where do I start? Like, where do I look? Like, do I, do I go to LinkedIn? Do I go to Indeed? Do I just search like, like entry level jobs near me on Google? Like how Random do you like, companies? Where, literally like, and then it's like, it's also like, how picky can you be? Someone can, you want to go to a school or a program that you're interested in, or you want a job that's going to interest you, or maybe you want, you know, you care about the company's values and ethics, but it's also like, I also just want a job. Like, so mm -hmm. it's like, how do you like balance all of those like expectations and, you know, yeah. desires For you have? for jobs like when i've applied to summer jobs in the past summer research positions um like i think the the stakes are a little bit lower like the amount of time you're putting into each application is a little bit lower than a grad school application so you can cast a wider net right for example like i i'm going through the summer job process right now which is brutal and i've emailed like 16 principal investigators but i only applied to two grad schools right okay. so only apply it's very expensive to apply to grad school right? Yeah, it's expensive. You know, ordering official copies of your transcript adds up and Gosh, yeah. application process each time is like a hundred dollars. So only really spend the time and the stress and the hours and the tears. If you, yeah. if you knew, if you got in, you would go. Does yeah. the, the official transcript have numerical grades on it or is it still letters? It's letters. And then on the back, it has the numerical equivalent. There's a legend that comes with the official copy of your transcript. Like, are they all the same? Like, for example, are all any Bs just equal the exact same number? Or is there variation within that range that Queen's conversion scale gives? I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. So, Angela, on the on the note of the jobs you're applying for, how do you think? So, Lisa, your applications obviously you have to relate your experiences to your interest in this particular area of research and how that relates to the schools and the research the schools are doing is that kind of along yes. those lines so it's so crazy because you know everybody's telling you when you're in your undergrad that you don't need to know what you want to do it's okay you don't have to know take your time explore these grad schools want to hear the most detailed 50-year <laughs> life plan for the rest like the rest of my career like they want to know exactly uh, what career. so like either you're making it up or you're just like embellishing or maybe you have like a few different ideas but you just got to go with one so yeah it's it's like telling a story in 500 words that's terrifying so it is but so if that that's kind of the the frame of mind you have for those applications so angela how would you say that differs when you're applying for these jobs right out of graduation you know is it a different I would assume you'd be emphasizing different skills, like less so it's what you're interested in, how like your interests align with like the particular company. But I think you would be emphasizing also the skills you've learned throughout your undergrad and like how you've approached problems, right? Yeah. Um, so also having the internship experience is helpful because it kind of showed me like what I liked in the company, what I didn't like, what I liked in the type of work or what I didn't like and things like that. So it was helpful for me when like looking at other jobs um to kind of like take that uh, like to take what I know and be like okay that's like kind of in the same industry I don't want to do that or I do want to do that so um being able to like use experience you have so that's why I think an internship is really helpful and it can like it can really tell you a lot about like the kind of work environment you like and the kind of work you like um and then honestly I was just kind of looking at different companies I knew different companies that like some of my friends have worked at um for me, which was helpful was like a lot of my friends that didn't do internship graduated, so they already had 
um, they already had companies that they were working at. Someone was like, oh, I know where we release applications for this type of role, like you should look at applying. So I would look at, I didn't necessarily apply to all of them or, but it's helpful to kind of like, if they're similar to you, they, you might have a similar experience to them. And it's helpful to kind of get someone to already kind of filter it for you and tell you kind of where to look rather than having to like, just go to the, the company's website and like look at all the careers and all the, all of the job postings. Um, and then, yeah, just like if I wasn't interested or if it wasn't something that I thought I would enjoy, I tried, I just like, I tried not to put pressure on myself to apply because I'm the kind of person that's like, but what if, but like, what if they're the only one that wants to hire me or what if, like, what if it ends up being like the job for me, but like the end of the day, I don't, it's especially as I'm starting my career, not that you have to stay at the first job you get, or that's going to like define, you know, the next like 50 years of your career it can still like set the tone it can still be helpful and you might as well get yourself started on the right foot you know what I mean do you have a yeah. job I have a job okay so how did you start where did you find it my, a friend so my friend um works at the company and was and she actually like worked in like HR and she was like I'm helping them hire for like this business line and they really want STEM candidates like you should apply to this more of like a business-ish role I guess um, and she was like, they really want STEM candidates, you should apply, um, and you're a woman, blah, 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 and so I applied, and, like, I just, and I kind of, like, I read through it, there were a few that, there were a few other jobs I looked at at the company as well, so I was like, I'm here, I might as well apply to more if I like them, and that was kind of the only one that I, I liked, and I applied to it, and then what's good about being a new grad, too, is that, like, a lot of companies have, like, a new grad program, so, like, within the grad pro, within those programs, you can, like, rotations you can try different things you, they're they kind of have like a vaguer description because they might fall under multiple business lines or multiple roles so I always try to look for those kinds the companies that had those kinds of programs for like new hires um and then yeah I just kind of went from there and then as I like met people along the way I asked them about you know what what it was like working there and somebody that I went to high school with actually works on the team that I'll be joining. So before awesome. I like, met, before I met the team, I like reached out to him and was able to ask him like, what do you guys do? What's the culture like? All that kind of stuff to get like a good feel. So I'd also recommend if you know anybody, even if it's not on the team at the company in the same industry, like it's, it's, it's just good to get a feel because you don't know, like you won't know until you start the job, but you don't want to find out things you could have found out earlier once you like you don't want to wait until it's too late almost I have oh, two okay. questions I have two follow-up questions are you at I liberty to say the company I think so announce the bell Woo! Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um okay what if I don't have a friend sending me job postings <laughs> I mean you don't need to have I would say if you think you might want to work at a company that you have from working at, you can also just reach out to them. I mean, not everyone's going to know. Like, I feel like my friend happened to be in HR, so that was very, very helpful. Um, but like, if, if your friends have good experiences, they like their job or if their job sounds interesting, you can reach out to them. And then also just like at being, I know like it's hard, but like being at Queens, you do have a lot of resources that you just have to put in the actual work yourself. So like the Queens careers page, which is what you use when you're like applying for internships, like all the internships that posted through that portal, like they also post like for full-time jobs post-graduation. You um, And there's so many like employees that come, employers sorry, that come and run like workshops and just like networking sessions. And I know they're like annoying to attend and it feels like, and it's kind of exhausting and there's so many, it's kind of overwhelming to know like which ones you should go to or not. It can still be helpful to just like 
get your foot in the door or you can attend like wise workshops like that's also um a great way to like get introduced to employers employers and if you're on wise you are kind of already have like like you kind of already have an in like in if you're going to a wise workshop so I just feel like there's a lot of opportunities and ways you can meet employers I've met employers too at like hackathons. I went to two hacks in second year and our our thing we made didn't even work. Like the front, like not, it, it didn't connect, like the front end didn't connect to the back end. But um, like a, a company, I don't know if I can say the company probably, I don't know. Um, yes. Deloitte was like, Deloitte was there and they had been like, they had had consultants like walking around the whole weekend and they had, they had come and talked to us a few times and they were like, yeah, like, we really like like the way you guys approach the problem and we really liked like what you what your ideas were and your ambitions so, like and then like they all gave us contacts and then we ended up having contacts at Deloitte if we wanted to talk to them about getting a job there so like you can really you don't have to just stick to like I'm on LinkedIn looking for jobs or like I'm going on Indeed or whatever like there's definitely a lot of ways and there's a lot of resources at university you just have to be able to like put yourself out there to like attend those things on the LinkedIn front I have had phone calls with like randoms, random girls that I never met, don't know before, because I would put in the university that I wanted to go to for grad school. Mm -hmm. So like I would look up like University of British Columbia, and then I would filter it by people who did their undergrad at Queens. And then I would message mm -hmm. them on LinkedIn and be like, hey, can we get on a call? So like I've talked with like lots of people that graduated from Queens and then yeah. went on to do grad programs at different universities anyone I mean Queens is such a like such a cult so I feel yeah. like anybody who went here would love to help no, somebody like shepherd them that's exactly so I before this school year started I was had an appointment with the Queens Career Services so I was like I'm gonna be looking for a job after fourth year I don't really know where to start and like I don't even know what I want to apply for and they're like oh like do you use LinkedIn a lot and I was like I just like I go on it but like I don't like use it I guess in the way they're saying and they're like so what you should do is you should go on LinkedIn and like look at people on, you can like filter by like who graduated with your degree from your school and they're like reach out to people that have an electrical engineering degree um and maybe their job position sounds interesting to you or like they had a job but then they you and reach out to them and I was like oh my gosh I guess I could do that mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what they said to me as well uh, when I went to go see them. And that's what a lot of, um, in terms of networking, that's what people that I've interviewed uh, last semester would be saying. It's like, just reach out to people, just start talking, um, mm -hmm. ask them what they did. And it's another contact, right? Yeah. And honestly, yeah. the worst that could happen is they don't reply to your message. Like, that's yeah. literally the worst that could happen. That's almost never happened to me, though. Like, a Which, hot. this yeah. is not a hot take, but like, people love talking about themselves. Absolutely. That's why I'm here right now. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like if anybody ever like reached like I don't know if you think about it from a different perspective like if somebody reached out to me because for some reason something on my LinkedIn was interesting they would like I would absolutely give them you know I'd absolutely give them a call have a coffee chat with them so um sometimes you just gotta do it you just I just had a call with Emily last night on Wise uh -huh. she's doing a thesis with my supervisor we love that we love Wise connection love Wise okay we still can it's like a little sorority but not a sorority mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that was really good information. I'm hoping that helped some of our lovely listeners. Um, so I guess kind of the big, well, the big elephant in the room, I guess, would be you both are graduating. Like, how do you feel? Like it's coming to an end. I know, I know this is like big existentialism, but you know, like, is there anything like 
not looking, it's not done yet. So like not looking, you know, in hindsight, but kind of like looking back on it. Is there anything that, you know, when you first, for orientation week, between then and now looking back, what is the most either different thing or something that you expected or didn't expect from the past couple of years? I mean, Angela and I are both in fifth year. So I feel like I've been around the block. Like, I feel like I'm here. I have friends who graduated last year at the end of their fourth years. And I, and I wasn't ready to leave then. I'm definitely ready to leave now. Um, I so happy I came to Queens. Couldn't imagine going to any other university. Biggest regret, never doing intramurals. So if you're younger, that is my also, biggest regret. Wintermural water polo is a very fun game to play. The, the powder puffs, the um, the football, like queen, the men's oh, football team coaches, like a girl's league in the oh, winter. Oh that would be so fun. Everybody did it. All of my friends, where I've were they? And it. why was I never included? I've never heard of it. Um, well, I will say the water polo in the tube is hard. Like when you're someone like me has short arms, they don't always read. Like it's either my feet in the water or my arms in the water, but not both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was way too cool for school when I was in first year in my third year was when I really found a group of friends who we, we became so close and, and have been very close ever since. But I think it's hard, especially now to like find a, you know, group of friends. And we always like watch like Friends the TV show or Gossip Girl and Sex in the City. And you want to have this like really great fun group, group of girlfriends that you go every weekend with. But, <laughs> you know, it was hard for me because I didn't have that for the first two years of my undergrad. So by the time I got to fourth year and all my friends were staying for a fifth year, it's like, okay, I don't want to give up my friends now that I've made them. So we all stayed for a fifth year and, and I'm happy because I switched into my program a little bit later. So there were courses that I still needed to take and biggest highlight was going on exchange. I went to Singapore in my third year. I loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying about like, I feel like if I had graduated last year and didn't do an internship, I wouldn't feel ready. But I think having done an internship, because I was like, I might as well work, I might as well make some money. And then COVID happened. So it was like, why go back to school when it's fully online? Um, and then I also was just very much, like, I just, I didn't know anything, I feel like. But doing an internship, like, taught me a lot. And then being able to come back after being away for a year, like, you come back but then a different point of view, I was like, I actually like, I actually am excited to learn. I don't just want to like make my way through my courses in the easiest way possible. Um, I actually like, want, I'm interested in this content again. I'm interested in learning again. Um, and then, yeah, like now being in our lot, my last semester, I'm like, I'm like, I guess I'm sad, like not sad that it's over, but like this chapter will be closing obviously. Um, but I'm also excited for like the next chapter, which I feel like if I had graduated like a year ago, I wouldn't necessarily like be in that, like be in, that same mindset yeah um, and mm. I don't know highlights um being a freck during orientation week was obviously a huge highlight oh, oh. um and then being on wise was obviously amazing and just like meeting like I mean I met so I'm so lucky I met so many good friends like from my like my frosh group in orientation week um like Kat was in my frosh group and I just like met so many good friends that like I'm still friends with now and like there was such a good support system. So I, I'm just like grateful that like the Queens and I had that opportunity to do so. 
That's awesome. So yeah, you guys, I guess we can end it off with, you know, it is, we're back to our online learning. Um, and I think you guys more so than me, I, I had last year, but you know, how, from your experience with online learning, how would, what are your tips for staying, you know, motivated or active or are there any, you know, quarantine slash um, there can't have any gatherings, hobbies that you guys have picked up? I mean, I'm so burnt out, but I, um, but you got these applications done. You still did. You're still doing them. I'm, I'm, I'm still doing them. Yeah. That's, that's the key is that they're not done yet. But, um, you know, Angela took a year off. She came back. She's so ready to learn. I'm, 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 I'm the opposite, but tips for online learning. I mean, we're all in our bedroom all the time. So make Mm -hmm. sure you keep it clean. Like I just picked up all my clothes off the floor this morning because that's what you do on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the week ahead. Um, I, I'm working on a research project that I started in April, 2020. So we're coming up on two years of this research project, which is uh, not for school. It's not for credit. I'm also not getting paid. Um, it's like a research project I started when I was working at a hospital for the summer and my boss has told me that it's now or never, it has to be finished on a very short timeline. And so I have blocked off in my schedule, the first three hours of every day to dedicate to this project. So if there's something that you have been avoiding, something that you're dreading, whether it's applications, searching for a job, finishing off a project, um, that's my biggest piece of advice is just make yourself block off the first two hours and make it non-negotiable every day. That's just how I work. Like I'm very all or nothing. When I was working in the summer, I was also studying for a standardized test at the same time. And every morning, like seven to nine, I studied and it was non-negotiable because if you leave your biggest commitments until the afternoon, like by the time two, 3 PM rolls around, like at at least me personally, like I'm tired. I think the day is done. The sun's setting, like you're not going to get to it if you leave it till the end, like then you can always say, I'll do it tomorrow. But even if it's one hour, even if it's 30 minutes, like 30 minutes Mm -hmm. every day to work on one project, if you really have to get it done. Um, And then I feel like I've accomplished something, you know, then I can like, it's so, this project is like so consuming that I'm thinking about it all the time. But if I do that two hours, three hours in the morning, then I feel good about myself. And then for the rest of the day- You don't have to think about it the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then you forget about it for the rest of the day. And I honestly think that the hardest part is starting. So like Mm -hmm. for me, when I have something like that, like whether it was like updating my resume or like looking at a job application, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do it for 10 minutes. I will take 10 minutes to update my resume. And because that for some reason feels less daunting than just doing the whole thing. But then usually what happens is once you get started, you like get on, you get into like, you kind of get rolling and then you kind of get into it and you get into a flow. And usually it goes beyond that. But even if you just have to say like, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. And then if you can do it for more, you'll do it for more which is usually what happens but if not then you've at least done something mm-hmm. yeah okay and what about you know staying active or you know just like getting out of the house like is there like some paths you should walk in Kingston for any you know first years listening or favorite trees to sit under I don't, I don't know I don't I don't go outside I'm going for walks but not when it's like negative a million degrees outside like it is currently so I would say if you're gonna go outside bundle up don't go for too long um but I feel like like you can go by the water the water is always beautiful and I feel like water is always a calming presence um but I feel like um 
also extra cold because of the wind off of the water. Um, if you are like more of a spooky gal, if you go like north of Princess, there's like a park called Skeleton Park where like it used to be like a graveyard and now it's not, but like sometimes there's still skeletons. So any, anyway, there's, there's, like, there's like fun things you can discover, but um, I feel like it's just more important to get out of the house. Like maybe not every day because every day is like negative 35, but like find the day that's just like negative two and then like make yourself go outside. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess we can end it. Off. Is there any other either, you know, STEM job related? Can I ask anything? Lisa a question? Go for it. Absolutely. You've mentioned that you're like burnt out and you're like over school. Mm-hmm. So why do a master's? Like, is that something expected <laughs> for someone in your field? Uh, if that came off really, no, no. I apologize. No, no, that's okay. I've been having like, my I- own existential crisis about this. <laughs> Sorry. Like, is it something that, like, in your field of out of master's or whatever, like, then you're not taken it seriously or you won't be considered? Or is it just, like, out of interest? Like, what is, what's your thought? A couple, re- couple reasons. I will run through them quickly. One, it's very, I've heard anecdotally that it's more difficult to keep in touch with your references if you've graduated for a few years. So many of my programs, I need three academic references from professors. And if I were... this isn't like lots of people take time off and then they apply to programs but if I were to take a few years off I would I was scared that my references might forget about me or might not speak as highly of me whereas right now the work that I've done for them is like fresh in their mind so that was one reason um, why I wanted to apply also I mean this is not a good reason also my (laughs) girlfriend is not going to listen to this episode but she is doing her (laughs) master's of public health and it's a two-year program my first choice of program is a one-year program so if I went to do it we would graduate at the same time which might be like might be good because we've been dating long distance for a while and I just want to like the real reason is as I think about it more like I want to push myself through my master's and then relax like I I know that I know that I could hold on for one more year Right. Two, two if I had to, if, if I'm going to a Canadian university, but um, I don't have any plans to do more school after I finish my master's. So I, I'm in the mindset of doing school right now and I want to push myself through. And then after I graduate, I want to move to Vancouver and do absolutely nothing for a I few years before I like reevaluate what my next move is going to be. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I feel like too, I've, I've heard from so many people that like, if you get out of like, you might be like, oh, in five years, I'll do what this master's or I'll whatever, go back and do this. But I feel like it's so hard once you're out to get back in the mindset and back in like the lifestyle of being a student. It's also very hard to get, like I was thinking about, well, I mean, I'm going to actually like shoot myself in the foot if I'm <laughs> saying this, but you know, if oh, yeah. I... If I don't, like, let's say I don't get into grad school or let's say I didn't even apply. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about like, what would I do in that year off, right? It's it's pretty hard for an undergraduate student to get a meaningful full-time research position at a okay. hospital in Toronto. So, okay. I, I mean, I have, I have good connections with PIs. So m- maybe I would have been able to find something. And, and if, you know, God forbid, if I don't get into a program, um, like that's probably what I'm going to be doing. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to find a new PI for the summer. So maybe I could right. extend that if we have a good relationship, but I just, 
thought like what's the pros and cons of taking only one year off mm-hmm. um and I just thought I, I, like I have lots of lots of research experience you know conference presentations like I, I have my I'm not adding anything to my resume or my application in that one year like what I have now right. especially because I did a fifth year like I have one extra year on anybody yeah. who's applying out of their fourth year so I thought like my application is is as good as it's ever going to get like either they take me now or they're not going to take me (laughs) right this is the best they're getting so well and so just for anybody else like anybody that's listening that's like really burnt out after their fourth year they want to work they want to take time off um my advice would be to work for multiple years like take multiple years off because there's lots of masters of public health programs where you need two plus years of working experience to apply Mm. so if you do want to take time off go find a job that you could work for two years and you would be relatively happy. And then you can apply to way more programs than I ever had available to me coming out of an undergraduate degree. No, that's great advice. Thank you. That's the team. <laughs> that's the team. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today for our very first episode. It's been wonderful. And I wish you both the best of luck with uh, this semester. Hopefully we're back to in-person. Have a fabulous rest of your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. That concludes our episode, folks. I hope everyone enjoyed. It was really fun to talk to Lisa and Angela about essentially life and school and, you know, getting through this time that we're all going through right now. And I hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at HTBW Podcast. As you know, I think we're going to try to post more of those Q&As like we did for this episode. And even do a few more giveaways. So make sure to follow.